dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hello, listeners. This is Mother Natalia, and today is Father Michael's episode. He shares with us some some saint stories of a couple of um, just really awesome saints who are a witness to courage, even to the points of martyrdom, and how we can call one another on to um, really heroic Christianity, even when it's countercultural. Um, you are also going to hear some beautiful witnesses of yelling coward at people's faces. And if you're a hashtag banter hater, you'll want to skip ahead about nine minutes and 10 seconds after this intro, but then you'll miss everything about how Father Michael doesn't introduce me to his cool friends. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to him forever. Happy post-feast mother. Thank you. This is one of the 12 great feasts for us. It is. Um, the uh, I got confused last night though, because we my parish does not have this icon. Now, now my new parish doesn't have many icons um, because they have all hand painted handwritten icons, which is really nice. But that means that they're lacking some of the uh, some of the ones that we don't have hand painted versions of. And the iconographer at this parish did the resurrection instead of exaltation. Mm. So among the twelve hand painted ones that we do have, which are all beautiful, uh-huh. um, I was like, why isn't this happened? Whatever, two years ago now, since I've been here now almost three years, I I have been here three years. Wow, three years, September first. Wow. Um, so uh, so I guess I must have been the first year. Oh, I was like, where is that's one of the twelve, and we have all twelve <laughs> laid out right when you walk into the church. Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh, what, what? My eyes deceive me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> they put the resurrection in the place. So we do have, as you will see, if you are a Patreon member, you'll know that we have categories of of givers based upon um, saints, uh, the hierarchy of saints, and so um, the twelve the twelve big ones are are only. Pasca trumps them all in a sense, mm-hmm. so that that has its its own category. It's the Easter feast does, of and feast. then the other twelve, the feast of feasts. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, but we are in post festive exaltation of the cross right now. Yeah. Um, Did you know this is what take, you knew this at one point? But um, I this is what I used to celebrate as my feast day before I took my new name. Victory of the cross. Yeah. With Victoria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who. Uh, what other victory? There was, oh, in the West, there's the Our Lady of Victory. Uh-huh. And I don't know when that feast is. Neither but most, do I. I a lot also of, don't a know lot what of it's girls, about. A lot of girls named after, um, named Victoria, take that as their, as their patronal feast, Our Lady of Victory. And I believe, I could be getting this wrong, but I believe if you're anywhere near Buffalo, New York, the, the Basilica of Our Lady of Victory is absolutely gorgeous. Mm. I saw it when I was 18. I came from New Mexico. I walked into this basilica in Buffalo, Our Lady of Victory, and I had never been to Europe. I'd never seen like a real, like kind of European style cathedral. And it absolutely blew my mind. I was like, I could live here. I walked around that cathedral, that basilica, not a cathedral, a basilica, just in awe of how beautiful it was. Mm. Um, I honestly don't know the, 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 I'm sure there's like a story and event behind Our Lady of Victory, but I do love the title. Um, there's there's something something beautiful about and it, especially as it ties into our, um, the victory of the cross. You know, there there's something that when a lot of people are lacking hope um, 
it's important to say the victory's already been won. I, li- I, I forget who it was. I think it was St. Nectarius. Um, there was a great podcast. I'm going to pull it up uh, while I'm saying this that I want to give a shout out to because I, 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 you probably, well, maybe, maybe you haven't heard of it. Um, but the, uh, there's a great podcast where that just reads, here it is, it's just called Orthodox Wisdom. Orthodox Wisdom. And, and all it is is just um, people reading like from the Philokalia or reading the, reading the, the writings of the fathers. So if you, there's, they're all like 35, 45 minutes long. Um, it's just readings from the fathers. Um, but, but there was one, I think it was from Nectarius and he was, he was describing when we stand in prayer, which is kind of the, the way the fathers describe prayer, stand before God with your head in your heart. Mm. Um, and he actually talks about like a way to physically begin doing that is to like lower your chin against your mm-hmm. chest. And then that, that kind of, that metanoia, that bow, that act of humility can, can remind us that our, our head, which is where in a sense our ego is where we are. And it's much more complicated than this, um, but it can, can descend into the heart. And it says, in the heart, there you will find God, but you will also find a cowering serpent. Ooh. Namely, the devil is there as well, but he's cowering. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that he said that. Like, he didn't just say, you're going to find a scary serpent. You're going to find a cowering serpent. But as we all know, um, by the way, shout out to the Schneers. Uh, they just moved to Wyoming, to Lander, and they have already killed like 15 rattlesnakes in the month and a half they've been there. Whoa. And they have nine kids. I'm like, oh my gosh. Those kids are going to have to be armed at all times. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, like a cowering serpent, like when a serpent is cowering, it's cowering because it feels intimidated, which is good when it comes to the devil. Mm-hmm. Of course, intimidated by God's presence, but it's also in a sense the most dangerous. Mm. So when the, the, the victory of the mother of God, and especially of course the victory of the cross has already happened. So the devil is cowering, but that also in a sense makes him more dangerous because he in our human language, doesn't have much, if anything, to lose. So he's just kind of raging because he's already been beaten. Um, and that that raging, of course, be very dangerous to us if we don't keep watchful, you know, the virtue of Nepsis, keep watchful over our hearts, what he's doing in our life, and then keep our our hearts focused on Christ, of course. So Wow, that might be like the most deep banter you've ever had. Like, <laughs> I need to listen to more podcasts that are just the writings of the fathers. <laughs> like it sounds like you just had a whole episode. <laughs> That'd be like an original Catholic stuff you should know episode, eight minutes on Nectarius and and standing in prayer with your head in your heart. That was literally Catholic stuff you should know. Their their original intent was to do like eight minute podcasts. How long are they actually? Which is just really funny. They're about an hour now, okay. but 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 it's it's funny because in the beginning they were, mm-hmm. but but the I think I mean they literally started in 2010. I came on and I think like goodness, 2015 or something like that. But they originally started in 2010, and that that was that's kind of what podcasts were. You mm-hmm. know, there was no Joe Rogan yet. There was no, nobody doing long form podcasts. It was just all. Let, let's use an audio thing for people to kind of click on, hey, this is an interesting 10-minute thought, and that's kind of what the idea of podcasts where they've taken on a whole different kind of spirit now, and most people expect an hour in a podcast. Do you know how long my interview with Matt was, the one that we just had this I saw week? it was over three hours this time, right? Crazy. <laughs> that's not crazy, though. It's, that, that, that's kind of the average, average long-form podcast nowadays. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, um, thankfully this time I had Mother Gabriella on with me, so it was both of us. So that was nice. But that is nice. By the way, um, I think this has been announced. Goodness, I need to check. 
I don't want us to be sh- sharing anything that I should not be sharing. Um, but there's another another one of our our mutual friends is is starting a podcast. Oh. Um, Actually, I know. I know it's been announced. Yes, and it would be certainly. I think it had come out by then. But uh, Chris Stefanik is starting a podcast called uh, "Blood, Sweat, and Joy." Oh, cool! And uh, and it's. I've already. I, we already recorded two episodes with he and I, um, and and it's it's like twenty minute episodes. Mm. So that's that's what made me think is that some people are going back to the the shorter form. So yeah. Anyway, check that out. It should be really good. Um, I went out to visit uh, Chris and his family a couple months back, and he had not announced it yet. And he, but he was like recording a bunch in a row. Mm-hmm. So we recorded two in a row, and it was fun. I think we even had his wife on one of them. So yeah. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't call Chris a mutual friend. Like I don't think we've ever met. Well, you know his sister. Really yeah. Well. So Elizabeth is a mutual friend. Another family. <laughs> that's, oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. I mean, You've maybe maybe him. I've met Chris. I don't know. I don't remember if I have. He, he used to come to Divine Liturgy in Denver once in a while. Oh, maybe we have met and I just don't remember. And that's, he was good friends with Lee and Ricky, so offensive. we hung out with them. Did you ever hang out with Lee and Ricky? No, I've never met Lee and Ricky. Really? No, I well, listen, how was, how was do you remember the last time I was in LA and I was like, Father Michael... You don't like introduce me to your cool friends. You're embarrassed of me. This is this is what's happening. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> no, it's like like you you come to LA and then all of a sudden you you come and you can't hang out because you're talking to Jesus. Oh, you're on a tree. Like, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus is a mutual friend, and you talk to him the whole time. I know. You're like uh, leave me. I'm so rude. Abandon me to have other friends. Um, yeah, I don't. Well, yeah, I don't think I met Leah or Ricky. And I don't think I've met Chris. I've maybe met Chris, but anyways. I'm trying to think of when that was. So was Lee and Ricky, did I get to know them really good um, after you left for the monastery? Or was it like they were just two different worlds? You were parish world and they were friend world. Wow, thanks. Um, Sorry, this is... (laughs) Can we just move on? (laughs) No, no, no. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, let's just move on. (laughs) Podcast. (laughs) All right, well, my topic... um, my topic is kind of threefold. I started with one idea and then it kind of expanded into things that are are vaguely similar. And I'm, I shouldn't have said that. I was going to pretend like they all kind of came together one one cohesive whole. But there's just three kind of cool things on my mind um, that I uh, that I want to talk about today. And I apologize if I've mentioned any of this before because these things have been on my mind for a while. Um, so I'm literally just going to do it in the order that I wrote it down since there's no real uh, topic here. So the first one is there, there's two, two saints, um, well, uh, four saints really, but on two different days. Um, and I, th- these are stories that I think most Byzantine Catholics need to know. Like These are the kind of stories that stick in my mind. Roman Catholics are so good, so, so good about telling the stories of their saints, especially promoting more recent saints and having the ability to do more than one like most of our Byzantine saints, you you read three paragraphs in the prologue and that's it. That's literally all we have about them. And then you go to other sites and look around and, and there's really not that much. Now this, because most of our saints are so, so ancient mm. um, that we don't know much more. But I, I, I do think, especially for the Western mind, like we all have, we we Byzantines need to get better at at knowing our own saints and, and also kind of um, having saint stories that are, are that are understandable and relevant. Um, and also uh, more recent saints like Blessed Theodore Romsha, like Goydish, like Hopko, 
um, like many of the more recent saints that we do know a lot more about their life just because they are more recent. But here's here's a few short ones. Um, uh, four saints, two different days that I think every Byzantine Catholic um, should know and every Roman Catholic too because they're absolutely beautiful stories just like I love the story of many Roman Catholic saints. Um, we're all Catholic. Um, so August 26th, the feast of Saint Saints Adrian and Natalie. Whoop, whoop. And um, I know you know the story, so I'm going to let you add to it. Um, I did not. I'm not going to read this one because it's too long. So I'm going to tell the version from my head. I'm not going to um, add anything to it. Uh, I'm not. I don't know. Just go. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Um, so Adrian and Natalie, uh, the 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 time of the pagans. You know, way back when. Um, Adrian was in the government and therefore he was part of the persecution of Christians. I don't think he would have said that at the time. He was kind of busy with other things, but um, the, the emperor made a new push to, to find and prosecute and persecute and kill Christians. So um, he, the emperor began to register Christians and and there was a whole group of Christians that that were unapologetic about their faith, and they were brought in, and their their names were were inscribed, their names were written on a list of of Christians, and this fascinated Adrian. Um, Adrian, who was basically a pagan, um, went to them and said, "I don't, I don't understand." Uh, you Christians, I don't understand the the way you think that that you are so willing to be persecuted, even to die for your God, mm-hmm. right? We don't we, we we die for our gods. We pagans die for our gods in war, but but that like it's it's not the same thing. We're we're not dying out of love for our gods. We're we're more sacrificing them for our own good, mm-hmm. you know, um, because we know they're big and strong. So Adrian's fascinated by them and they they explained to him what faith is. They explained to him, this is why we are willing to die for our faith. This is who Christ is to us. This is what salvation is. This is what heaven is. These are all the, the beautiful, the truth, the beauty and the goodness of our Christian faith. And he, according to the story on the spot, adds his name to the list of, of saints. And his boss gets very angry at this and is like, what are you doing? Like, like scrape your name off and apologize to the gods for 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 abandoning them uh, for Christ, and 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 he refuses to. He he goes home to his wife, his wife who who is a Christian, and she was even according to the story I read hiding it from him. So she finds out that that he put his name down. She is is overjoyed, absolutely overjoyed. She's been a Christian for a while. It's on her heart. She's she's processed and developed all these things in her own mind in her relationship with Christ. So then, when he goes back. To be uh, to suffer the consequences of him adding his own name to the list of Christians, um, torture and death. Uh, when he goes back, um, one of the stories I read said that that the uh, the other the elder Christians, the martyrs, encouraged the the captors to let him go back to his wife one more time. Another version I heard was that they they thought, well, okay, let's send him back to his wife, who was secretly Christian. She'll convince him to take his name off. Like, what wife? What wife is not going to say like, I need you around? Mm-hmm. Like, scri- take your name off. Apologize to the gods. This is <laughs> ridiculous. You had a moment of zeal. Change it. So so he leaves the prison to go back home, which is where they sent him. And his wife, Natalie, this is Adrian, of course, Natalie sees him from a distance coming towards the house, 
assumes that he apostatized, assumes that he he scratched his name off and he and he gave up on it, and she locks the door and just screams coward from inside because <laughs> she thinks he left. So so here she is locking the door, not gonna let him in, not gonna show him any love, just screaming coward at him. He comes up, he's like, No, no, honey, 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 I promise you, like I I my name is still on the list. Well, exactly. Send me home. Honey, honey, honey. <laughs> <laughs> honey, come down. Um, right, right. I, I, I am no coward. I, I, I thank you for your zeal, but I am no coward. She, she took him in, fed him, um, and then, uh, and then sent him back. And then he died first. And then, then she also died a, a martyr later on. So, but I, I love that story because it shows the uh, yet again the the supernatural the supernatural ability for within family life to encourage in the faith, even if it means great suffering for, for us. Mm. I have a friend right now whose, whose mother is having a really, really hard time with him moving his family away from her, mm. like moving his, like the grandkids away from grandma. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is a really hard thing um, and she's taking it really hard. And I, I, I pray for her that she she's able to see God's will and all this. And I pray for them that they're actually discerning this wisely. Um, but it's like it's like I get it. We we need to say, even though I'm going to suffer, is what the wife was saying, right? I know I'm going to suffer not having my husband around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- there's more important things here, and the fact that I'm seeing my husband be brave um, is is worth it, and and his uh, willingness to give himself completely to Christ in the church. So love that story. Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything to add to the. I don't. I don't remember more details of the story. I'm trying. Maybe you can help me discern then, Mother A. What's a ministry or a some way of having them as our patrons? Like, what 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 ministry would they inspire within the church? Um, I don't know. Maybe they could be. I don't know. Nagging wives was the first thing that came to my mind. Um, coward. Yes, this is this is the this is the patron, but I, we don't we don't want to encourage nagging wives. I know. Mother. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, nagging anybody. Um, I just, I, I, I love the fact because I, that happened to me one time, even though I, I laughed. This is before I knew about this story, but when I was first in Denver, um, somebody, one of my parishioners, and this is when, when it was all old people, it was like all, everybody in their seventies and, and just a few younger people. And, um, there was maybe one or two people that were still of childbearing age <laughs> when I first got there. And one of my parishioners, um, Wrote, found a, like a newspaper article that said you must like a good priest preaches against abortion in every single homily, which of course, yeah, of, I mean, yeah, that 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 that's a, the, the being pro life and being a cultural life it should be in every single homily, of course, should. But it's kind of weird having a parish full of a bunch of older people, maybe one or two young families that 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 you're going to be preaching abortion <laughs> the whole time, and and but they they took this and they they circled it, they circled it with with highlighter, and then like uh, like highlighted that. Phrase and then just wrote "coward" in big letters and stuck it in my mailbox. <laughs> I was like, I was like, if you think I'm not preaching against abortion because I'm a coward, you don't know me very well. <laughs> like that—that mm-hmm. that is something. That's a stand I'm willing to die on, of course. Um, but anyway, so there, there are. I, I thought, well, we, I, I need, I need cowards screamed at me more often than not, um, just because I, I. I actually respond to that type of strength and conviction quite well. I think I hope at least up to this point. But yeah, I'm I mean, happy to start I, it, screaming coward at you if you want. 
<laughs> it's it's weird to say like, hey, here's a cool saint. What ministries should we start? <laughs> so they can be the patron rather than saying, here's a ministry. What saint do we choose as our patron? Yeah. Um, so dear listeners, if you can think of anything that the church could use some encouraging in based upon the story of Adrian and Natalie. Um, by the way, if you want to look at their story, again, their, their feast day is August 26th. Um, I'm sure there's a few different versions, but that's, that's the Father Michael O'Loughlin version. I mean, quite, quite... This this is just very broad, but any sort of ministry in which it's like really encouraging people to um, live the truth and not make um, compromises due to exterior pressure. Like this is this is the witness of all of the martyrs, right? Um, but but this is what like all of the this is what the people thought would happen when Adrian went back to his wife, right? Like yeah. she'll just, she'll just pressure him. She'll explain to him that it's, it's ridiculous. It's silly to to take a stand about this one thing and just in his moment of zeal and whatever, that's what they all expected to happen because that's what most people would do. And yeah. so anything that's like that, I think it can be particularly encouraging, even though this didn't turn out to be the case, I think it could be particularly encouraging for, um, Couples who have a spouse who's not practicing their faith. Um, you know, we we have people who reach out sometimes who are in the really tough situation of like, neither of them really had much of a faith when they got married. And then later on, one of them had some sort of reversion or some sort of conversion and their spouse isn't as serious about it now. Um, I think Adrian and Natalia, sorry, Adrian and Natalie um, could be, a good witness for those kinds of marriages as well, because even though Adrian and Natalie were both faithful spouses, they both were kind of expecting the other to, well, maybe not Adrian so much, but Natalie was like expecting Adrian to not be. Um, and she was persevering and she was having, she had uh, had the courage and the faith and the consistency despite thinking that he didn't. Um, mm. And so I think it could, they, they could be an encouragement in, in those kind of unequally yoked marriages, do you know what I mean? Yeah. The uh, I I, th- I think that there's maybe maybe even less of ministry, but just when do we take these great saints as our patrons? Like when do we ask them for intercession? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think any time that we any time that we catch ourselves either wanting to or actually making excuses for not doing something uh-huh. that we know we should do. Um, you know, keeping up a prayer life, loving, honoring our mother and father, you know, loving the poor, um, things like this. Uh, it's I, uh, I don't know. Did she did she send you today, um, Natalie? Speaking of Natalie, um, our Natalie sent uh, the story of Verena because that's her feast day today. No. Um, so so uh, anyway, um, and it's uh, what was I thinking with with excuses? Oh, um, that she worked with lepers. Mm-hmm. She worked with a lot of lepers. Saint Verena, the Coptic Verena. saint, worked with a lot of lepers. Verena, thank you. Um, and uh, and it said she was un- unafraid of getting the, at least the story that Natalie sent me this morning. Like she was afraid of getting affected, infected by the you know that it, it's there's all these excuses that we can make to not work with lepers. I'm using this as an example because mm-hmm. there's so few lepers nowadays. But like we have all these excuses. And of course there needs to be discernment. Of course that there's always going to be nuance. But for the wisdom to do that well, I think it would be it, these would be great saints because like you said, mother, 
anybody, most people, even those who can, we, those of us who consider ourselves very good Catholics, would still say, "Yeah, that's God wouldn't ask that of you." Like, like would he really? I, th- I think we'd be tempted to say mm-hmm. to our shame, "Does he? Does he really want you to suffer and die?" I mean, that's just too much. Like that, that's too much suffering. God would never ask that. This is the you know the the prosperity gospel. Would he really want you to die? I mean that that's absurd. Right. God can't ask you to die. Well, of course he does. <laughs> that's the message of Jesus Christ and the message of, of the self gift. So yeah, yeah. You know, I was I was listening to, um, I was really convicted by uh, well, um, by Bishop Milan actually. I was really convicted that I need to be um, more aware of uh, things going on within the church, like church news. So I've started listening to Vatican Radio on my runs, um, <laughs> and the um, I was I was listening to on one of the podcasts they were talking about the homily that Pope Francis gave at the beatification of Pope John Paul the um, First that just happened recently, and mm-hmm. the homily I was really moved by. It, it didn't like play the whole homily. It just shared some of the things that the Pope said. And I was really moved by, he he was talking about how, like the witness that the martyrs need to be for us of not compromising on their faith. But also he said, you know, we need to be, He was he was warning people that in our world today, we're so influenced by our emotions and we make so many choices based on our emotions. Like we, we follow certain people, we agree with certain people based on how they make us feel and that the world uses this to manipulate us and um, that this isn't how Jesus works. Jesus doesn't manipulate us using our emotions. And um, I think that there's just like, that's what the world was trying to do to Adrian, you know, like <laughs> he was, he was trying to use his emotions to manipulate him into denying Christ. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and praise God, he didn't, he didn't fall prey to it. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's something that just came to mind when you said that too, it, it's important for us who, cause of course, as, as I know, you know, mother, I'm just sharing this with the audience, but, um, but there's a like emotions are good. They're a gift. They're given to us for a reason. They help us grow closer to Christ. Um, and and but honing those emotions and and putting them at the service of holiness, at the service of salvation, at the service of our of our heart, of the noose of our mind. Um, that's that's what are the one of the goals of the spiritual life, and and that is something that that's going to take the whole life. So we we get we get better and better and better, and the the, the pilgrimage, and the gift of time that, that we continue to live within, um, is 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 a time for that. So the devil always wants us to have. Oh, oh, I realize I'm, I'm bad at this. And the devil wants to say, well, you realized it, so stop doing it. You know, the devil loves shaming us because just because we realize we're bad at something or we need to fix something, the devil is telling us you need to have it done right away. Mm-hmm. And there's an aspect of good to that because there's an urgency to watchfulness, but there's also a patience that, that God has with us and that he has given us the gift of time to be patient with ourselves too. Yeah, I remember we touched on this in the episode called um, Dispassion, Vulcans, and the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, because I was trying to find this balance between 
feeling the emotions but not being led by them, um, not being controlled by them. And um, talking about just the difference that we're human and we're not Vulcans and we're not androids and um, which are just things like um, from Star Trek. But Speaking of Star Trek, though, I was thinking of this as you're talking because, by the way, I'm just going to break the fourth wall here. Is that the phrase again? Break the fourth mm-hmm. wall um, and say that, like, pretty much this whole time, I haven't had any video feed of you, so don't oh. try to like because my internet's messing up. So, anyways, just uh-huh. don't try to like give me facial signals because I'm not going to okay. pick up on them. Um, okay. <laughs> so. Which in like our first episodes, this would have totally made me panic. The fact that I can't see your face, and I don't know if you're like screaming at me to stop preaching heresy. Uh, anyways, the um, maybe some small part of me is still freaking out. So the I was thinking of Star Trek though because it's true of what you're saying of like this is so easy in our our world today to come up with these excuses of why like we do it all the time even with fasting right like well. Jesus wouldn't want you to be hungry for that long, <laughs> like you know. Um, right. And like, no, Jesus wouldn't, wouldn't want you to have a migraine. Would Jesus maybe want you to be hungry, like, and to ache a little bit? Like, that's different. Um, yeah. And it's hard to balance those things. But I, it's it's part of what I love so much about Star Trek is in Star Trek there are all of these like moral qualms that come up and so many moral situations that are addressed and and questions that are asked that when they happen, I'm especially like, especially with like Captain Picard, you see all of these times that something's going on that is such a gray area that you're like, I know objectively what the right thing is to do here, but it's so painful and it's so complex. I could understand him making the wrong decision. Yeah. And like, yeah, like you just, you could understand and you wouldn't even judge him harshly for it. And you'd just be like, I'd probably do the same thing. And then either he doesn't make that decision and you're like, wow, that's incredible. And everything turns out the better for it in the end. Or he does make the wrong decision. And um, in the grand scheme of things, like you realize there's going to be a lot more pain in the future because of it. And um, so I love that they like address those things and don't shy away from them. And they don't just make it like, black and white. Like there's, there's so much, you know, this is something that I appreciate very much about um, Elizabeth Gouge novels is she really shows the depth of character. And it's not just like, this is the bad person. This is the good person. It's like, are you laughing at me right now? No. Oh, you okay? There was a sound that happened, think, and I can't I, see your face. I think face you maybe and, heard my my coffee cup oh. pop. I have a to go coffee. Cup. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I was like, I didn't say anything funny. Wow, um, insecure <laughs> much? Not <laughs> I mean, yes, every day all the time. Um, so the <laughs> um, Elizabeth Gouge novels, like you just you really see the depth and the development of characters, and you see like this person who's having an affair. And you also see their pain and their brokenness and where everything's coming from. And it's not just this simple, like, black and white. Like, yes, it's wrong, but you also can, anyways, I don't know. I just got on a huge tangent, but I really like Star Trek is the point of that whole story. (laughs) (laughs) You got to get that in there somehow. That's another thing too. I think to to balance all of this once again, I know we we probably overuse the word spiritual direction and over use the word spiritual director because I know so many of you, dear listeners, can't find a good spiritual mm-hmm. director because of just the lack of availability. But I'm starting to just use the word mentor. You know, finding a spiritual mentor, someone who 
has lived a life of holiness, does not matter whether they're a priest or a nun or a monk or a nun or a lay person, a mom, a dad, a single person, you know, find in your parishes or in your life somewhere, someone that could be a mentor and that could just be a human sounding board. Ideally, obviously someone who's prayerful um, and, and living a life of holiness um, that could be a sounding board for things like, Am I being too patient with myself? Am I not being patient enough? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm, I'm making this decision, and I, I need I need to have good self care because self care is good. Um, but how do I find that balance between what is what is self care that's oriented towards holiness and what is bordering on laziness? If I'm prone to laziness, you know, there, there's mm-hmm. we oftentimes need feedback from other human beings that become Jesus of a skin, as my niece says, as as become more two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. To quote the scriptures, you know, we, we need someone that does not need to be a priest or a nun or a monk. You know, if you can't find one, those are ideal, of course. But if you can't find one, someone who's celibate um, or, or someone who's who trained in this and, and is, is oriented towards that ministry, um, then then find a mentor who God, God can speak through when the two of you are gathered. Mm-hmm. All right, next saint. And this one I am going to read. Um, only because I already wrote this out and I put it in one of our parish blogs a while ago. So this is the story of the saints of May lady. 27th. Uh, yeah. Every time someone of, says uh, this is a story, that's what I think. Okay. This is a story <laughs> of a lovely lady. <laughs> All right. Um, I, cannot, I cannot see you either right now because I have this other thing pulled up. So. <laughs> I couldn't tell if you were going to continue singing. No, my okay. face is just um, begging you to move on. <laughs> okay, okay. May twenty seventh, uh, the stain, the story of the or the the day, the feast. That's of the two Holy days Martyrs. after your anniversary. Yay, of uh, Theodora and Didymus. Um, so here's the story. I kind of I kind of took a couple different versions and wrote one for our parish blog. So I'm just going to read it. It's not that long. I promise. Um, and actually, it looks like it looks like I just kind of cut and pasted the prologue of Okrid. But anyway, this is my editing of the prologue of Okrid, <laughs> I guess, as as I read this. In the reign of the wicked emperor Maximian, excuse me, Maximilian. Um, in the reign of the wicked emperor Maximilian, there lived in Alexandria a maiden, Theodora, well educated and of noble lineage. She was brought to trial before the pagans for the Christian faith. After long interrogation and torture for the faith, the prince, her tormentor ordered that she be thrown into a brothel and the soldiers given free access to, in, to her to indulge their carnal lusts. Theodora prayed fervently to God to save her from this defilement. And when she prayed, a soldier named Didymus came in and told her that he was a servant of Christ. He dressed her in his soldier's garb and he himself in her dress. Then he let her out and remained in the brothel himself. He was seized and brought before the judge where he acknowledged that he was a Christian and has saved Theodora and was now prepared to die for Christ. He was condemned to death and taken out to the place of execution. Theodora ran up to him and cried out, although you saved my honor, I did not ask you to save me from death. Yield the martyr's death to me. Didymus replied, my beloved sister, do not hinder my death for Christ for the washing of my sins in my blood, nor the washing of my sins in my blood. Hearing this exchange, the pagans condemned them both to death and they were beheaded and their bodies burned. They suffered with honor and received eternal wreaths of glory in Alexandria in the year 304. Can I say something about this before you say anything? Please, Um, please, please. I'm just blown away by like, the world would say, what a waste. 
right? That's what the world yeah. would say. The world would be like, this man ended up dying because of her <laughs> and she died anyways. Like they both yeah. died. What a waste. That's and true. that's amazing. That's yeah. I like that a lot because yeah, it's not, it's not like Maximilian Kolbe who, who so beautifully mm-hmm. gave his life for another man so that the man could live. <laughs> <laughs> right, you, that that's kind of the ending we expect. Mm-hmm. But but the, he he gave his life, and she was able to die anyway. And she saw the beauty in that, that the self gift, the crucifixion of it. Yeah, I never thought of that before. Thank you. Yeah, like he died, like he did what he needed to do, um, in order to fulfill what Christ was asking of him. Yeah, and then it doesn't matter that like Christ was asking her to also die. Like that didn't affect yeah. him. There was no bitterness in him of like, well, shoot, I wouldn't have done this. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Beautiful. And and the the reason why this struck me so much too is that I, I put this on Twitter back when this happened back in May. Um, but I I was sitting in my cigar bar when I read this for the first time, when I read their story. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying like a probably praying midday prayer or something like that. And I, I pulled up the, the prologue and I was reading their story. And literally as I'm reading the story, the two guys like two tables away from me, and it was midday, there weren't that many guys in there, but to the, they literally start talking about their favorite porn. Like just explicitly in the open, in a cigar bar, like their favorite pornography. And this is what, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting there listening to this as I'm reading this story of just this, this beautiful act of purity and, and, and anybody in that culture, this is the thing I don't understand. Like sending this girl to a brothel and, and having a, you know, a giving a bunch of soldiers access to her, like that is so abhorrent to us, but it would not have been back then. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we don't understand about like mm-hmm. the change of culture sometimes in in a, in a in a pre-Christian culture like that that uh, power reigns you know it's it's you know we win you lose you know it, it destroy the enemy completely it doesn't matter how how many people you kill how many people you defile like that was not that that was right of course it wasn't but but it it was it was it was part of of the culture that was evil but it was still part of the culture the main line most people wouldn't wouldn't have, have batted an eye about that because it was just part of the culture this is why we need to pray for a culture of life rather than a culture of death because the culture of death is a lot different than just you know access to abortion mm-hmm. you know there, there's a lot of other things that go along with it so um, but yeah I heard these two men talking which is a very culture of death thing because they were talking totally openly expecting everybody in the cigar bar to be totally okay with just hearing this and probably assuming that that, that I and everybody else in there knew what they were talking about you know um, but then then I'm reading the story and thinking this this man Didymus what a what what a, a be- I, mean, I just obviously I love the story too because he's so creative, mm-hmm. right? He didn't like say, "All right, I'm gonna let's fight our way out." You know, he literally said, "Hey, dress in my armor. They'll think you're me walking out, and then go and escape, and and they're gonna come in and then find me wearing a dress, and and it's gonna be you know, and they're gonna get totally pissed, um, which they did, mm-hmm. um, and then then killed him for it. So, but anyway, there, there's something there's something so creative. And beautiful about his desire to 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 be helpful in her own salvation and in her own protection, um, which is which is just really cool. Yeah. Hmm. So, any ministries? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, it's, uh, I, 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 I'm in the in the mood for ministry, or just I mean, there's obviously some if we need to be the the moments of of bravery, the moments of of creativity. Um, we should we should call them to mind. Um, 
and as as saying not only that, I mean, but the fact that she, the fact that she, obviously in the very beginning, before even he did, yeah. you know, stood up for her faith and uh, was willing to suffer the consequences, whatever those may be, yeah. for our Lord. Hmm. I don't know. Um, I'm just, I'm just. I, this doesn't have a conclusion to it. It's just the very beginnings of a thought that you can expand mm. because you're more quick and clever than me. Um, but uh, I find it interesting that both of them are um, a pair, a man and a woman, right? And I realize that the first is married couple and the second is not. Um, but I just, it's it's an interest. It's interesting timing because uh, I went on a, as you know, Father Michael, I went on a hike this morning with Father Michael McCandless, uh, which was just absolutely wonderful. We went on a hike and we got lunch and it was part of my Christmas Christmas gift from mother last year. Um, was <laughs> a hike and lunch with Father Michael McCandless. And, um, and we just had a lot of really, really good conversations about the complementarity of, of men and women and how we support one another's vocations, one another's celibate vocations in particular. Um, uh, our monastery, the priests of the Diocese of Cleveland and the Eparchy of Parma and so on and so forth. And um, so I'm just really, it's like Didymus, it was Didymus, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, D-I-D-Y-M-U-S. Uh-huh. Didymus, um, just like in this beautiful masculine way, did what what he foresaw as what needed to be done in order to protect this woman's honor. Um and then she, in turn, encouraged him in his martyrdom and then um, also accepted martyrdom for herself. And it's like the two were encouraging one another in what the Lord was asking of them. Um, and obviously the same is true of Adrian and Natalie as well. Although for Natalie, it was she encouraged him by calling him a coward. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's more my vocation. I just like, um, you know, yell at men. Yeah, to... <laughs> I, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know if uh, if the story I read actually had that word in it. Oh, so just well, we're gonna keep it now. <laughs> I, 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 I threw like it. it in there because I think it would have fit well, and I could totally see somebody doing that <laughs> and finding it appropriate to that case. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's no, it's no part of the folklore. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I, I think there is something. Another, another reason to take them as intercessors, we'll say, is because, again, where two or three are gathered in my name, Christ says there, there is, there is opportunities within community for us to say. What 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 is my role? What is my opportunity? What 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 am I given the grace in this moment to do? You know, it, it's like she she stood up for her faith, and they put her in a brothel for it. Um, our Lord sent Didymus to to do this. So his the opportunity he had was to save her. Her opportunity was to witness to self-gift. Mm-hmm. It was the the martyrdom, the self-gift of even like admitting her faith. Mm-hmm. And then his later on. So there was, you know, not everybody, and I know we know this, we've all heard it a million times, and I don't think we we act this way often enough. Not everybody needs to be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. And if we see something good in our community, this is especially true for you, mother, you know, Christ a bridegroom is is full of nuns that are are working um, towards their the salvation of their souls, and then by extension the salvation of each other's souls and the salvation of the world. Um, but for for Christ the bridegroom to 
like not every nun needs to be a podcaster. Mm-hmm. Not every we nun needs. We are so different. Yeah, so and, and and God and God gave you, God gave you all these different roles. So when someone says, "I love Christ the Bridegroom Monastery," they don't and cannot and should not mean one or two or three nuns, mm-hmm. right? The, the, to build up Christ the Bridegroom Monastery to be what it needs to be, all of you need to, as you know, to kind of discern. And Mother does this explicitly through obediences and things like that. Discern what you what you are good at and what way you can serve the community, the body of Christ and all of us do this. Um, and so I just, I'm, I'm struck by, I'm struck by especially the story of, uh, of Theodora and Didymus, how, how the opportunities presented to each of them to build up and to be a witness and to be uh, literally a witness, a martyr, martyrion of, of Christ and how within our own communities we can also pray through their intercession you know what is what is my role i was talking to Whaley this morning and oh, I like love Andrew we, Whaley. we're we're building we're building um this this coffee shop and we we kind of hit a moment where we had a bit of a disagreement where he was like we need to go in this direction and i was like no we need to go in this direction and i and i remember i smiled at one point and i was like you know Whaley, it's your job to push back on me for this about what I'm saying and it's my job to push back on you. So literally by both of us pushing back on each other, we're going to find what Christ wants. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your vision, I have my vision and and, and we're both going to we're both going to kind of challenge each other and say this is what I think we should do and and obviously since we're working together and we we want God's will to be done, we're going to find a little bit different than mine, a little bit different than yours likely um, but we're we're going to find by by the opportunity I have is to push back on you for this and and neither of us God is saying your your vision is what we're going to go with mm-hmm. because we have and we have a subcommittee we're meet, we were meeting with on Sunday and the whole subcommittee has their roles right we chose them for a reason so they they're going to say well I'm going to push back on you in this so there, there's within any mission within any community within any parish any any monastery there's always God giving each of us these very specific roles and opportunities that we have in that moment to build up the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the last thing I want to say about Didymus and Theodora is um, I'm thinking about what you were saying of at that time, it was totally acceptable for them to do this to Theodora, right? Yeah. Like socially acceptable. <laughs> um, yeah. And even though it's abhorrent to us now and I think it's like we should receive great encouragement from that because not the fact that it was acceptable, but from the choice of Didymus knowing how acceptable it was because quite frankly, a lot of the ways, like there are a lot of ways in our society today we can be living our Christianity um, in a socially acceptable way. Um, yeah. And there are some things that we're called to do as Christians that are countercultural, um, <laughs> but like a lot of the a lot of the same things that we're called to live as Christians are not countercultural today. Like you know, a lot of the things are um, like being good friends and making certain sacrifices for your. Like a lot of the things are just um, natural virtues, I guess, um, and we should be more, we should be encouraged by the example of Didymus in the ways that we're called to be Christians that are countercultural. because um, what was expected of him at that time was 
to go in and to treat Theodora exactly as she was like being put there to be treated. And he he surprised everyone by what he did and not in a way of like, wow, I'm surprised. Look how strong and courageous he is. Um, but rather like they would have been surprised and they would have ridiculed and then they put him to death. Um, <laughs> and so that should just, I think, really encourage us in um, the ways that we're called to be Christian that are countercultural because, um, yeah, I mean, to be frank, most of us are not living our Christianity even in the ways that are not countercultural. <laughs> but like yeah. we should do that and the things that are countercultural. Thank you. I think that that's actually a great message for both of these in the way of tying them together. Um, I thought about that the other day. I was watching uh, Ricky Gervais, like a, a comedy thing with Ricky Gervais, and he. I think I'm pretty sure he's an atheist. Um, I think he's he's made that pretty explicit. And I thought, you know, I don't know him. I don't know a, a lot of these public atheists. I know I know certainly I know some atheists, um, but but just watching him and he's a comedian, so he, he's mocking mocking faith, and and it's funny to most people, I guess. Um, but but there's something about that. I thought, you know. I, I don't get the impression I shouldn't have I shouldn't have said his name, but anyway, I don't, I don't want to condemn him in any way. But I don't get the impression that many many people who are atheists, I don't get the impression that they're like hardcore truth seekers. Mm. You know, in other words, it, it's you, you're atheist because it makes you feel better. Like it, it, you're atheist because you want to be atheist. Like it just it makes my life easier to be an atheist. I'm 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 happier as an atheist. I I I, I don't need to need to make. Ex- to explain something that not everybody's going to understand. Like as an atheist, I, I, I believe things that everybody understands basically. And, and I can call people that have faith in anything or the transcendent or spirituality, I can call them idiots. You know, I can call them fools because they're, they're, they're believing something that not everybody understands. Um, this is the way I was thinking, by the way. I'm, I'm kind of going overboard with that because that's what I was thinking. But then I thought, how many Christians are exactly the same way? Mm-hmm. Like many of us are Christians because we want to. Many of us are Christians because it's easy, mm-hmm. because uh, it, it makes our life better. It, it, it's we we live in a culture and within a community that would be weird to not be Christian. I I, I would be I would be I'd lose my friends if I lost my faith. You know, a, a lot, of, and it, that's not a bad thing. That we 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 need Christian community that 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 supports us in our Christianity, but. So often, and this is—I'm just going to say this for everybody, including me. So often, we we live a life of faith or of no faith because we want to, because it's easier, because it's just—it it makes me happy, mm-hmm. and and that's that needs to be present there. Um, but at some point, we need to say to make sure I'm not being like the world. I'm not only loving those who love me and giving, expecting things in return like the pagans do. I need to say, in what way is my faith actually challenging me? In right. what way, in what way is am I am I am dedicated to my Christian faith? Not because it's easy, not because I want to, not because it just makes sense, but rather because I am actually growing and being challenged, being pulled out of myself in this direction. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's your that's that's my homework, and that's that's everybody else's homework. I would, if if you if if you want to accept it, is to say, what, in what way is this week is my Christianity, is it 
challenging. Now, I know many of you are going to say, no, my Christianity is very challenging. Like I, 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 if I wasn't a Christian, I'd be living a much happier life. Like I, I wake up every morning and decide to be a Christian and because I believe it's the truth, but it actually is much harder to live. And God bless you for that. And, and thank you for that. And I think, you know, we need to thank God for the strength he's given you. Um, but I, I, I promise you in every single one of us, even those that are challenged by our Christianity or faith every single day, there's still an aspect of saying, how do I, how do I make sure that, that Christianity is what it's supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Something that, that, that is, is making me into Christ, is making me Christ-like, God-like in this way. Um, so we, 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 we need to make sure that as, as good as it may be and Christianity may make us happy that we're also being properly challenged and changed and we mature and grow through our faith as well. Mm. Preacher be preaching to mop you. Did I lose you for part of that? No. You were like, oh, okay, good, good. I was doing like a, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, there was just a, a gut blurry. Anyway, oh. breaking the fourth wall again. Um, <laughs> no, okay. I heard it all. You're like, because you really need to. On... Do you need me to repeat yeah. something for you? <laughs> <laughs> any other thoughts, Mother? Um, I think maybe I would encourage people to, along with that, I'll also give the homework of like, think about some of the things you do that are um, very beautifully Christian. Um that are also very socially encouraged and maybe do some of those things in a more secretive way in the next couple of weeks in order to be doing it, not just for the sake of um, being encouraged by the culture, but for the sake of um, loving the Lord. For instance, like maybe you serve the poor and that's really beautiful and that's something good that we should do as Christians. Um, But also like that's very much what society is telling us we should do is serve the poor rightfully. Um, And maybe in the next couple of weeks, you need to serve the poor in your own household Um, (laughs) or something like that, you know, Um, not just the stuff that, um, yeah, take the natural to the supernatural in some way. That's all. You know, um, I think I'm, I'm looking, I'm trying to find the, uh, the verse real quick. I don't think I'm going to, um, but there's, I believe it's in Luke, Luke six on the, uh, the sermon on the plane. Um, but where, where Christ gives those exact examples, you know. Um, oh, even sinners love those who love them. Even, and even sinners, exactly. Yeah. You know, bless those who curse you, love those who don't love you, give without expecting repayment. Um, you know, the, these things, it, it's totally understandable to, to lend to someone um, and expect repayment. No one's going to criticize you for that. It's totally understandable to even to lend, especially within business, to lend and, and expect uh, interest on it, interest on a loan. You know, they used to call that usury and there. There's reasons why many in the church would say that that's okay to do now. But, but those are the things like it's, it's anybody's going to say, even most Christians are going to say it's okay to lend to someone an expector payment. Are going to say it's okay to to you know avoid those who don't like you or or to to spurn them or to block them. I mean, again, there's there's a time for these things. I'm not saying that at all. But we need to pray for wisdom. There's a time to absolutely lend expecting repayment. We we cannot be enablers. You know, we we cannot enable our children or others to say I'm just going to give them money. They know that that's enabling. We 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 can't. 
we sometimes need to block people, mm-hmm. right? We need to do all these things. But but I think it, within the wisdom, there are times when most people would say it's totally understandable to do this. You don't need to go out of your way for that. You don't need to be challenged in that way. Talk to your mentor. You know, pray. Mm-hmm. There there's times when um, maybe even every week where we should say it would be very understandable for most people in our society that I do this thing, but Christ may be calling me to do more. And if we can, if we can have, find those opportunities and actually do those things. And of course I'm preaching to myself here, do those things that, that people are going to say, Oh, that's over and above, or you don't need to do that. Yeah. But we Christians should be doing those type of things. We should be challenging those things all the time. I found praying for wisdom and having a mentor to help out. I found the passage. If you want me to read it, please. Okay. So it is Luke six. Good job, father Michael. Um, and I guess we'll start with 32. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what is what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you'll be sons of the most high for he is kind to the ungrateful and the selfish. Be merciful even as your father is merciful. Amen. I think I'm going to pull a verse out of that and for the title of this podcast, I'll figure it out. Great. Do you have one you recommend? <laughs> um, expect nothing. I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what credit is that to you? Is yeah. that the name for a podcast? Or yeah, that's great. Your, or your, no, your we don't have to talk about great. this on the podcast. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. How about ungrateful and selfish? That's a good one. Let's just do that. There we go. <laughs> just we'll just call this coward. I like that better. Coward exclamation point. I, I actually, I, I actually, call actually really like that one. I think I've changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, that's the name of this episode. I think. Okay, great. all of you who are listening already know this is um, okay. this is going to become like this is going to become um, a <laughs> habit because that's what happened with the culture of bears episode. <laughs> it's like um, yeah. we're just going to name this one that. <laughs> name it at the end. Oh. Nice. All right. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you to, for our our patrons on Patreon. Um, I I have mother. We need to talk about this. I have a lot of of plans for the ongoing money that's going to come in. I, I think this is good. We need, we need, we need to use people's donations in, in a, in a very good way. But, um, but I, I, I think it, it there's anyway, it, it's, we, we can do a lot of good stuff for the poor and for evangelization within the church. Um, so thank you for those who are patrons on our Patreon and um, please do pray about and consider doing that. All right, um, but you're not, not allowed to start going to brothels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saving them. I'm saving them. They, 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 some some poor girl walks out wearing a clergy shirt. <laughs> this was horrible. I didn't have said Sorry. this. I regret Sorry. so much. Mother, you started I know. this. You I said it was this. me. I know. <laughs> okay. um, all right. Um, so uh, thank you. Thank you to our our uh, our patrons on Patreon. You can check us out. Of course, What God Is Not is our podcast. You can search for that under Patreon. Um, we are on social media, mostly regrettably. Uh, Facebook and Instagram. I'm on Twitter, Padre Michael O. Uh, we're on YouTube, audio only. 
you can find our website for our podcast, whatgodisnot.com. You can find the website for our nonprofit. That website is still a bit under construction, but you'll find us there anyway at fotina.org. Fotina is the name of our website, as one of our nonprofit, excuse me. And uh, and that's where we uh, that's where the money given at Patreon goes um, for our various ministries, especially evangelization and to the poor and needy. Um, we also have a Goodreads page where you can see what we're reading, and our our media team is great at moderating that, keeping an eye on things. That is hopping, um, man! I was just on that the it? other day. It is hopping. Good. Do people still say right, hopping? Well, jo- join the hop. I don't think they say that. Right. I don't think so either. <laughs> We're talking about IPAs. Hop on maybe. by. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, a good, that's a good name for us. Maybe for that's what IPA, I'll name my next like IPA. That. Join the hop. There you go. Don't steal that, any of you listeners. Um, and then, uh, yes, I think that's everything. Thank you. Uh, oh, um, you can you can uh, rank and review and all of that on I our rank, uh, Apple podcast. <laughs> you can rate and review you can rank us with the other Catholic podcasters out there. I, I always got so confused when um, people asked my dad's rank versus his rate in the military. I could never remember which is which. My whole life. So hard. That is funny, though, because I, I don't have that situation. That's why I can say that and not think anything. But So thank you for the correction. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, prayer intentions. Uh, the first thing that came to mind. Oh, Wait, yes, please. Oh, this is actually very appropriate. Please pray for, ah, I shouldn't have said that. Anyway, there's a a woman who I don't think it's public, um, a woman who I will share with you privately afterwards, mother, um, who I know from the city, doesn't go to my church, who I know from the city. I gave an anointing of the sick the other day to her. She was very open to it, um, certainly Catholic background. Um, who who may have bone cancer? Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's right now a uh, a biopsy happening. So just please pray for her, okay. um, and then uh, and then also please pray for um, Mother Natalia. Since we talked about Natalie, please pray for Mother Theodora. Since we talked about um, Theodora, uh, please pray for uh, Natalie Bechet, Who since we talked about Natalie. <laughs> And all the the Natalies in your life, and all the Theodoras in your Talca. life, and also please pr- please pray for Natalka exactly for Talka, and also please pray for degenerate degenerate men who sit in in cigar bars and and think that it's okay to talk about their favorite pornography, mm-hmm. um, and just pray for pray for courage for men, a lack of cowardice, and for women too, but especially men. Um, that that these saints will continue to eat, intercede for them, whether they know it or not, whether they want it or not. Um, to be good examples and, and raise up living saints in this day and age um, for the culture of life and and for the, for purity and for all the things that are of God and of the Mother of God. Amen. Um, please pray for my friends Carrie and John. When this episode comes out, they will um, have just been married for a couple of weeks. Um, Please God, let's hope they don't break off the the engagement in the next two weeks. <laughs> well, <that'll laughs> um, be awkward. awkward. <laughs> um, I don't think that's going to happen. Please pray for Carrie and John. They're getting married on the feast of the Holy Protection of the Mother of God. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't know that. They thought they were getting married on the feast of Saint Therese, but they're getting married <laughs> on the feast of the Holy Protection. Um, yeah, so pray that they can um, encourage one another, as Natalie and Adrian. Um, and that they don't even have to call each other cowards. So, Amen. Um, yeah. All right, Father, good to be with you, as always. Um, you as well. And I love you, and 
love our listeners and so on and so forth. So, um, Love you too, Mother. Love you all. Father, Thank you. can you please give us a blessing? I literally almost started with the prayer before meals. Are you hungry? Um, <laughs> I'm actually not. I don't know why I did that. Um, all right. The real blessing. Uh, may our Lord God and Savior Jesus. <laughs> that's literally... <laughs> That 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 that's the absolution prayer I just started <laughs> for confession. <laughs> that's why she's laughing. Um, the Lord bless you and keep you, cause His face to shine upon you. Have mercy on you. May the Lord give you everything you need, call you to commitment, help you to understand the opportunities He gives you within your community, within your families. May our Lord inspire you to strength and determination. May He inspire you to self gift. May He inspire you to creativity in your ministry. May he give you all the strength you need, the understanding of each other's weaknesses. May he allow you to become saints in your own lives and have the courage and the purity to do so. May our Lord also give you people around you that will support you and that you can support them in this same ministry, in this same holiness. Lord bless all of you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.